Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, Airheads. I don't know what time of day you're listening to this. I know that I'm recording this at 9.45 on a Wednesday. Um, yeah, so that's exciting. Um, if you guys haven't heard that new show, show, I don't know why I said it like that. That new show... The Ultimatum has finally made it to Netflix. No, I'm not going to make you listen to 10 fucking episodes of me recapping it because from this experience, we know that that is just not worth our time. No, it is not. Um, Will I talk about it after I finish watching it? Probably because you and I, yeah, you and I, I think we like the same content. I'm not positive though. So remind me if you don't, remind me if you do. I don't, I don't know. Um, but I'm not gonna, we're not gonna do that again. Okay, lessons were learned, folks. And I know that you're tired of these episodes and want me to go back to normal episodes. Well, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna do that. I am, I promise, and this time I mean it. I know that my word means nothing, though. Anyways, the ultimatum came out. That shit's fucking crazy. I'm only three episodes in. My head has been turned all the way around. I genuinely have no words to even fathom, to even comprehend. I don't know. But today, we are on our second to last episode of this fucking long-ass recap that I'm not sure why I decided to do. So if you have been listening along, I appreciate you. And thank you for being patient um, for no reason at all, rather than just to hear my dumb opinions. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. Um, I can't even remember where we left off. And I know that's probably a shitty way to start this <laughs> But basically, Shake says that Deeps reminds him of his aunt. And he just keeps proving, like, more and more and more and more and more and more that he does not deserve her. <laughs> because there's no way. There's just no way. And, I mean, what that is, that is such a grotesque comparison um, so I don't, I, you can just tell from my voice. I'm like, what the actual fuck? It was weird. And can I just say like, who knew that Shane would become the voice of reason? And the reason why I say that is because Deeps is telling Shane this. He's like divulging that he thinks Deeps is like his aunt. And Shane's like, bro, what the actual fuck? And can I just say, like, where even are they? Like, it looks like they're at a dance studio. Are they doing bar? Are they doing ballet? Like, I, I'm i a little bit confused. But yeah, who knew? Who knew that chain would be good for something? I, I didn't. I don't know about you. Then we head over, on over to Ayana and Jarrett. Um... They're kind of both freaking out about marriage. Um, seems normal, though. That seems about right. Like, for this whole experience and for you to not be freaking out internally, externally, all the earnerlies, um, then I would question you. I would question you a little, a little bit, a little bit. But, no. It was just, yeah, it makes sense. Ayana seems to be overthinking, um, but that's per usual, you know. Um, she's still struggling with being the second fiddle because, who wouldn't be? That's obviously damaging. <laughs> um, I have to say, though, they were, like, talking about how he likes to stay out 
late and she's like super introverted and doesn't really want to go out. Um, can they compromise on this? I don't know. I really hope so. Like, I feel like that's something that if you're dedicated to it, you can get over it. Um, and I feel like he can get his priorities straight. Like, he seems like a, um, what's the word? A smart individual. He seems capable. So, I have high hopes that they can compromise on this. Um, and he's so reassuring, like, throughout this whole thing that it's really hard not to believe every single word that this man is saying because he's like a giant teddy bear. Jer bear the giant teddy bear. Wow, that's a tongue twister. That is a tongue twister. Oh my god, my computer just froze. I'm not gonna cut that out. Anyways, we go move on over to Nick and Danielle, your faves, my faves, just kidding. Um, they're having like a wine and charcuterie date night. Um, my type of date night, although without the wine, I'm more I'm like a vodka and charcuterie. Doesn't nearly mix as well together, probably, but I don't really give a shit. Going off of that, um, they're talking about how the timeline of the show adds stress to the already stressful idea of like being engaged and being married and being in a high intense relationship. And I really appreciate that they talk about that because the timeline is not talked about in depth as much as I think it should be on the show. No one talks about how hard it is. I feel like the timeline specifically. So I think that's important. But they keep having circular arguments. But I mean, just round and round and round. And like the wheels on the bus are seriously going round and round. It is painful. Painful. And communication is the one, if not the hardest thing to work on in a relationship, like you either have it or you don't, and you can work on it, and you can maybe attain it, although I doubt it, I really do, and to me, I view Nick's side as like, he's just being realistic, he's being honest, he's being realistic, he's being present, and it's unfortunate because he starts to get so defensive based on her always being on the offensive, like she's always coming at him for like no reason and then he does end up looking like a shitty guy talking to her in a shitty way because he's like what the actual fuck is my life so i'm on nick's side for most of this because i'm like bitch let's get off this bus can we please talk about something actually worth our time actually worth being stressed out over can we can we i don't know it seems impossible with her then we're at mal and sal and i'm sorry I've said it before. I'll say it fucking again. The singing is so cringe. So motherfucking cringe. I have such secondhand embarrassment because not only is he singing, but it's in public this time. Yep, just out and about in a park somewhere. Can you imagine being a passerby or someone just trying to go on a hot girl walk and then you hear that bullshit? Oh my god, I would hate my life. It cannot get worse than that, honestly. And I'm do not, for the life of me, understand how she thinks this is cute behavior. It has gone on for far, far too long, gals and pals. I'm just not into it. And I also thought that this scene was just cringe in general because the camera was so close to them when they were kissing, making out, whatever. It was, like, uncomfortably comfortably close. I was not okay. 
I was like, can we please pan like 5,000 million feet away? I will say, though, other than all of the disgustingness I just mentioned, it was a cute date. I will give them that. A cute little park picnic vibe. It was cute. And I, what I do love about Sal, besides his singing, is that he listens. He's such a good listener. And what a rarity. What a rarity in the male population. So I do give him that. I give credit where it's due. I'll say that. And then... Ayana and Jarrett were back to them. They went on their, like, first date date, and they went on, like, a tower, and it was very high in the air, like a sky rise, extremely uncomfortably high, and I will tell you right now, that could not be me. Could not be me. They were so high. It gave me, like, the Batman scenes when he, oh, Lord, I'm getting the chills just thinking about it. Absolutely not. I couldn't, um, good for them for doing it. I could hardly watch the date, let alone be in the tower with them. It was scary. Other than that, um, I thought it was a little bit weird that she's trying to see Jared, it's like a Jared's adjustment and change in a span of like a few days. Like no one makes life changes or habit changes that quickly, I think. I just thought she was asking a lot for like a, a personality change or a shift, and I thought that that was weird. Um, I thought she might have been a little bit more understanding, I thought. Other than that, though, I love and I live for their conversations. There is so much love and tenderness, and they both listen to one another, and it's so apparent that they really do love each other that it makes you love love. It makes you want them to work out which I have all the hopes for. So I will say that. Um, of course, the next scene is ruined by Shakes and Deeps. Um, it's their date night. Shakes is thinking in his head. He's like, this is how I'm going to find out if I'm physically attracted to her. And I'm like, you should already fucking know that. Y'all motherfuckers are engaged. Are you going to wait for her to walk down the aisle to tell her that you think she looks like your aunt and sounds like your aunt and is like your aunt? No, sir. I hate him. He, he, he made a comment that made me severely concerned. Like, are you okay? Type of concern. Truly, he was. He said he wants to fuck Deeps emotionally. Like, if only he could fuck her emotionally. And in my head, I'm like, I get it. <laughs> and I know that sounds fucked up, but at the same time, I'm like, did he actually say that on live television? Not live, but on national television. It was the weirdest statement and also, like, in context, so fucked up of him because he still is just, like, not getting it. Um, So, that was weird. And it sounds like, from that comment and then from all the other comments compounded together, it sounds like he's almost forcing himself to have sex with her, which is abhorrent to me. You... And she has no idea. She has no clue that this is happening. She's totally in the dark about the way that he feels in this context. And it's just horrifying. And I can't believe that she's going to have to, or well, she already has, watched this back. He's, like, I don't know. And then he, they're, like, trying to be all philosophical. And they're just, like, eating sushi. And then he, I'm like, oh, wait, yeah, that's why he's being philosophical is because he wants to fuck her mind, apparently. I don't know. The man is so roastable. It's not even funny. Um, I will say, though, he does finally sort of admit 
where his head is truly actually at. And for a second, I thought I saw tears. And for a second, I felt like he was in a better place. But from the past, and history repeats itself, I usually, I'm like, oh my gosh, he's getting better. He's doing better. He's being a better person for her. They're going to, they may have a chance in this. And then he immediately fucks it up right afterwards. So I don't have trust though. We have no clue though if they have sex. Like that is not revealed to us in this episode. For these, for their sakes, I hope they didn't because he's clearly not in a space to give his all to her and going off that why would she want that why would she want him in ew i can't even think of it in my head honestly um we go to natalie and shane's date i thought natalie's outfit was everything and the date itself looked so fucking cool and i highly doubt that he planned that like i'm sure that was production but my god it was so awesome and i just want to say that i i can't believe it goes beyond my ability to fathom. I do not understand how she does not think that he is the most obnoxious person on the planet. The man is a walking, talking ogre, and she does not see it. And I know she isn't blind, and I know she's not dumb. So I'm like, what is happening? She must be seeing all the things that we're not seeing on the show. I truly think that they did give him a bad edit because I'm like, there's no way Queen Natalie would fall for this BS. But I don't know. I will say he really does need and could benefit from her calming energy that she has, or he just needs to quit coke. Like, he just needs to go through withdrawal, and he needs to, hopefully not with Natalie, because poor Natalie, but he needs to quit coke, too. Like, one or the other, um, it almost seems like he's going through withdrawals right now. Like, he keeps twitching. I think that may just be his nervousness, but, like, it's, it's kind of freaking me out. Um, but who knew, honestly, that we would like Shane and Natalie as much as we did? I'm not saying they're our favorites. I'm not saying they're the best. But who knew we would like them at all from what we saw in the beginning? It's so different now. And there is something endearing about him. Like, the more and more we watch him, there is something to say about him. So, holding out for them, too. But a, a little bit nervous, I will say. But we'll find out next episode. So, y- you know. Flash forward to Nick and Danielle. They're in a pool. Don't ask me why. And it's the last night before their wedding. And it's really sad to me. And I think I've talked about this before. But she is so pretty. And that's what makes it hurt so much that she feels so low about herself. And I can really tell, and I don't think it takes a genius to figure this out, But you can tell off the bat that she's been through the ringer in relationships. And I'm not sure what happened to her. I don't know if it was because of her weight or if it was because of her relationship. I'm not sure. But she's been through it. And it makes me feel for her. And it makes me a little bit more understanding. But it also, it's like, we are adults. Like, we have to be able to cope and work through these things yeah and nick's eyes were open while they were kissing um that was horrifying and that was just a quick note that i had but it was horrifying um i thought it was weird that she didn't understand why he was so hesitant to get married like first of all it's been very apparent that you guys argue 
a lot. Or, of course, I'm sure production, like, picks up on all of those and not all of the good moments, but they do. They be arguing a shit ton, okay? And the arguments, like, aren't necessarily productive. So, I thought it was weird that she was so shocked and that he was like, um, having, you know, some second thoughts. Like, I think it's very understandable. Even in general, even if you were a perfect couple and you found your soulmate on the show and you never fight, it's like, I would still be second guessing it because you still don't really know these people or their families or their friends or their lives for that matter. So, I just thought it was weird that she didn't see that. Um, I will say though, they both, and I, I've noticed it before, but I think this is the first time I'm mentioning it. They both have exceptional eyes and teeth, like perfect blue eyes and then like great white, big toothy smiles. I love that for them. Overall, Nick and Danielle, when they're good, they're good, but when they're bad, they're fucking down bad. And we've seen mostly bad moments for them. So either get into therapy or get a divorce. I don't know. I'm a little bit concerned for them. Um, we move forward to the, like, the most exciting, probably, part of the episode. The guys are all on the same bachelor night. The girls are all on the same bachelorette party. We see Sal chugging alcohol, and then he did a backflip. That was the first moment I ever looked at Sal, and I was like, you're relatable, and you could even possibly be my spirit animal. That moment for him was so iconic, and I'm so glad that they have that on film, I also thought it was amazing that they put all of their names on Wrigley Field. That is so fucking cool. And obviously, that would cost an insane amount of money normally. And no one would ever be able to afford that. But the fact that the show did that and really made it like this amazing experience was so awesome. And they did it without strippers. Wow, would you look at that? Would you look at that? Um, I just thought it was hilarious. Um, Sal can really move, though, and it's very obvious that he's lit as fuck. I will say, drunk baseball sounds amazing, and again, Sal continues to surprise. That man can hit. That man can hit. He should have stuck with baseball and, like, ditched the ukulele. That's my personal opinions. Um, Shane struck out, which is arguably the funniest moment of this episode to me, because you would think by looking at him, he would hit a fucking homer, but no. Man struck out, um, which is funny, because, again, he seems the most athletic, but to no surprise, he is a sore loser, because once a man-child, always a man-child. I assume it's because he may be off coke at this moment, but no one can be sure. And it was really weird how he did a full, like, personality switch 180 because he went from full-on rage to professing his love for Natalie. So, maybe he's back on coke or he did a line in the bathroom after he struck out. Not sure, but totally different moods. It was so scary. And Jarrett should have signed a baseball contract, too. I mean, man can hit as well. Um, Nick brought his friends and they're questioning it, okay? They seem concerned. Which is fair, because if I were someone's friend and they did this shit, I would be, I would be like, no, no way. Um, the music change, I don't know if anyone noticed that was really funny when he was talking, but his answer to, he basically was asked, would you say yes to the altar? And he was like, I don't know about that. Um, that's a bit concerning. I do appreciate the honesty, though. I'm sure Danielle watching this back is, yeah. I'm praying for Nick's life at this point. Um, 
Jarrett is talking to his friends, whom I love and adore. His friends are so cute. He's talking to them about Ayana and him being like polar opposites, but also appreciating the balance between them and how he can see that that could benefit one another. Um, his friends seem like actually his friends, whereas the other guy's friends, I'm like, did you guys get hired to be extras? I'm confused. Um, it, yeah, that's just what I think. Um, someone asked, is love enough to get married? And that's a really good question. I think no, because marriage involves a lot more than that. So, I'm going to say no, but that's a personal. So, that was really, like, all the hot takeaways from the men's bachelor party. Now, for the bachelorette party, the bitches went on a boat on the Chicago River. It looked fun, but I'm going to be honest, it didn't look nearly as fun as the bachelor party. But I thought it was cute. Like, they all had their, like, what's the word? Um... Why can't I think? I can never think, you know? It doesn't matter what time of day it is. Like, I can't think. They had their typical little sashes on. Um, they had some weird photo of Shane. I think it was a yearbook picture. It really freaked me out. Um, they're, of course, thinking that the guys are up to no good, which is hilarious because they're just, like, hitting balls and getting wasted, which is quite funny, actually. Um, Deeps and Shake you know, they just seem like glorified best friends. I think she's starting to think that as well, which is making me think that they probably didn't have sex. Ultimately, she's understanding and I think starting to see that she should not have to convince someone to see her worth. That much is fucking obvious. We've been knowing that. And honestly, everyone on The Bachelorette seems like so sure yet so unsure at the same time. Like, they're back and forth. And that's probably the most realistic we've seen them all. Um, but yeah, I would rather be at the baseball field. That The boat kind of seems like a bust. I will say I love how Natalie is back to wearing the ring pop, going back to our roots. I love it. I appreciate it. Um, Ayana, of course, is talking again about being his second choice. This is clearly something she probably won't get over, and I can hardly blame her. And I thought it was weird because she's asking if he's ready, but I would pose that question to her because I think he is. I just don't know if it's reciprocated and then we were thrown a whole ass motherfucking loop because we actually got to see danielle and nick's wedding day or at least the beginning to it they both seem very unsure so it has me thinking like okay this could go either way but either way i'm completely scared for each of them because i'm not sure like i don't think this will go down amicably um nick is expressing concerns the day of he said they talked about it in the morning together, and he's unsure if they're on the same page or maybe they're not. And that is not how you should feel about your wedding day. Like, I don't know a lot, but I know that much. It just shouldn't be a question at that point. And it's down to the fucking wire. She's sobbing. And personally, I'd be pissed if I was a makeup artist. Like, bitch, close your eyes and shut the fuck up. Um, I will say, though, at some point when she was crying, the caption said, like, Danielle sucks teeth and I I threw up in my mouth. I was like, did they have to do like did they have to say that? That's disgusting. Like, can't they just leave that out? Like, even if you are deaf or even if you are reading the captions, like you don't need to know that that much. I don't know, I certainly don't. Um, her mom looks distraught and um completely pissed. Um it was a total 180 though, from the makeup chair to her final look. 
She looked aged a million years in the chair. I thought it was so weird. I thought Nick overall looked very handsome. I will say, though, I thought to myself, I was like, why is the one man who is obviously not a groomsman in a Nike polo? I had no idea who he was. I'm like, is this, is he a cameraman? Like, get behind what? Natalie also looks amazing, but I will say I thought the hairstyle ages her. And it also makes, I think she's not as pretty to me in the sense of, I know that she's not happy at that moment. And she says it has the potential to be one of the saddest days of her life. And I'm like, oh my God, this is really fucked up. Like, why are we even moving forward with this? I don't know. I will say the venue is better than anything we saw last season. Like, that's point blank, period. I don't know if they're going to use the same venue for everyone, but it was definitely better. Um, Nick is sweating profusely. So that's a scene for the eyes. He can't even see her. He's so, like, blinded by his own sweat dripping down his face. Even the priest is popping a sweat. Everyone is dripping. Like, everyone needs a personal bucket. Um, They get to the altar. He's like, or she said, I can't remember. He said, she said that their differences keep them entertained. And I thought that was, like, cute, but in a toxic way. Because I'm like, oh, so you guys are excited in a toxic way. I don't know. And I love how everyone has just no clue if they're going to go through with it. Like, it's just a total toss-up, like heads or tails. That, to me, is just bonkers. That's so bonkers. Um, I thought she actually wrote her vows, and her indecisive comment was so relatable. But ultimately, like, that was the episode, guys. That was a full episode 9 recap, at least. That was the hot takes I had, the big takeaways that I took. I hope you enjoyed. You probably didn't because this was a long-winded 25 minutes taken off of your short life, and I apologize for that. But we are done. No more need to suffer. However, there's one more need to suffer because next week is the very, very last recap. Thank the fucking Lord. Am I right, folks? So yeah, get pumped, get excited. We're going to get it done. We're going we're gonna to see this through. But until then, have a great rest of your weekend you nerds, and I will talk to you next Friday or Thursday. Prepare to be surprised. All right. (laughs) Good night, y'all.